All right, welcome in. It's the 573 Report. It is Wednesday night. Um, hopefully a few of you are here. Uh, Gabe DeArmond and Mitchell Forty. Mitch, I think we started last week's show by saying, well, I think it's officially basketball season, and then it just kind of wasn't <laughs> basketball season anymore for a week. <laughs> yeah, maybe we jinxed it. <laughs> yeah, there has been um, no games, and as a matter of fact, maybe – only one practice since we talked last, but the good news is Missouri is back on the court. Um, they did return to a, here's a phrase I never really knew about before this year, resume team activities. They, they did mm -hmm. that today. Um, and it, it appears we'll play on Saturday at Texas A&M for the first time. And I know it's, I, I guess it'll be 11 days between games, but it seems like about 11 months. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But I mean, there's just without football season going on, the break doesn't seem they've had similar breaks this year, but there were other things going on then. So uh, yeah. it does seem long. And I will say that the last two times they had uh, more than a week layoff uh, before their games since the season started, it hasn't gone incredibly well. So yeah, it didn't go right. Can... Um, I, but like I was kind of thinking about I did a radio thing earlier today and I said, you know, I don't really want to like pre-build in these excuses for, well, they had a lot of time off. Well, a lot of teams have had a lot of time off this year. Nobody knows when they're going to play. Um, I, you know, so if that happens to you, like, I think we said this last week, but we'll get into a little bit more about the game. But at Texas A&M, if this team's as good as they think they are, this is a game they go win, and especially after <laughs> losing at Mississippi State. There's not really much choice now. Right. No, they, I mean, they need to bounce back from, from that. And I mean, you know, I, I really did think like, I, no, no time is a great time to, to go on COVID pause, but I thought this was this kind of an especially bad time just because they really needed to, I think, just get that out of their system and like yeah. turn around, focus on the next game, play a game four days later and, and try to just move past it. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how, how it will have gone having spent 10 days just thinking, not even right. being able to practice, just thinking about that game. So uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. But yeah, I, I think that this is a game that they need to win just to get some momentum back on their side. Yeah. Can we real quick, uh, can we address when would be the best time to go on COVID pause then? If this is the worst, uh, I, when's the good? When's the best? I wouldn't say this was the worst. I just okay. said it wasn't ideal. Wasn't I don't know if there is a good time before SEC play. I guess I don't know. I got. I you. mean, yeah, May, like yeah. in July. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. All right. So again, this is the five seven three report. We're brought to you every week by five seven three tees dot com, a local company here in Columbia, online only. So like, there's not a storefront. If you want to buy their stuff and you should want to buy their stuff, go to the website, 573tees.com. Check them out. They support us in multiple ways. We would like you to support them. We'd like you to support us, too. Hit the like button, comments. Uh, we got a couple coming in, but comments, questions, we will answer them throughout the show. If we don't get to them immediately, trust me, we see them. We will put them up on the screen and get to them as we go along but uh we are starting with basketball and um i i guess missouri missed games against vanderbilt and lsu as far as missing the lsu game that might not have been the worst thing in the world based on what's happening tonight that's true lsu uh last last i saw was yeah up like 20 or 24 against arkansas was they were up 31 at one point in the first half which mm -hmm. is very hard to do there are frequently games in which teams don't score 31 points in the first half um so yeah i don't know lsu can score 
So I, I, I didn't, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, like they, 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 I didn't think they were a terrible matchup for Missouri. They actually mm-hmm. kind of remind me of Arkansas, although clearly they're a little bit better. Right. At least um, on this. So night. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, the, you know, I think, I mean, if, if they're having a hot shooting night, they can put points up in a hurry. So Adam asked the question that I, I mentioned the LSU game because this is kind of what the, the first kind of tangent rant, whatever I wanted to go on. Uh, is Will Wade a good basketball coach or is he just good at cheating? Uh, it, look, he did a good job at VCU. I don't think he was there very long, but but he did fine. He kind of took over Shaka's program. But how how is he coaching? Like, how how is this a thing? How is Will Wade on an opposing bench? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it, it's it's absurd. And it like it it's really it's. Probably, I mean, it's the worst part of, of this whole, you know, the cheating scandals, it's, you know, it's dragged on forever and not much has come of it. And, you know, in a sense, you can kind of understand like, okay, it's complex. It takes some time, but like there's, there's, there should be no reason for, you know, Bruce Pearl and Will Wade to still have jobs. And, you know, I mean, we're going on, I think three full seasons since then, yeah. I think this is the third. So like. Yeah, I don't know. It's it just kind of shows that no one has any confidence in the NCAA to actually do anything or enforce anything. So I I think one of two things has to happen. Either because if I'm Conzo Martin or if I'm Rick Barnes or you know, throw out a Kermit Davis, whatever. If I'm one of these guys, I'm kind of pissed off that this dude might be winning my league. But <laughs> None of them will say it like yeah. well, what it's not going to change until these coaches come out and say, this is ridiculous that this dude is coaching and they're never going to say that. So then the alternative to me is jump in. Like if you're not mm-hmm. cheating, then you're not trying hard enough in the, because nothing is happening to the guys that are. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I mean, I say been... that jokingly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been somewhat disappointed that, more coaches haven't been willing to go on the record and say, you know, yeah, that these guys shouldn't still have jobs. I think there's a couple of components to that one, you know, no coach is going to say that unless he knows he's, you know, everything in his operation is 100% above board. And like, let's be honest, there's probably even in the most, you know, uptight pro rule following programs, you know, you don't know what your assistants are doing hundred percent of the time. There's probably some minor cart corner cutting. The NCAA rule book is large Two, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I think a lot of times it's just like fans, don't really care. Like I, I can imagine if Conzo said something, uh, our message board, at least 50% of people would just be like, Oh, at least he's winning games. You should win more games. You know, like I, I think that yeah. at this point it's just like, let's win some games. And, and, and there are some coaches who started to say stuff. Uh, Mark, Mark few, you know, so he's, he's so well established and, you know, right. I think probably been the most outspoken, um, but not, not, probably enough to uh you know pressure the schools who are employing these coaches into doing anything different right so and again if i mean i guess people seem to think at some point something's going to happen to will wade and to uh it can't even sean miller who i guess is still coaching i don't know i kind of forgot arizona existed um yeah they're they're not really playing this year they're way out there and they're not playing for the tournament but bill self as long as these guys are coaching I, I guess people kind of think something's going to happen. But to me, 
if it doesn't, like if we get to the NCAA, and clearly nothing's happening before the NCAA tournament. Like we're going to have an NCAA tournament with LSU and Kansas in it, right? Uh, it seems so. I mean, the NCAA can't even get around to, to you know, making the transfer rule change they've been trying to right. make for five years. So, like, it, clearly nothing is happening. Fair point. So, those teams are going to be in the NCAA tournament. And so, at that point, to me, there is no penalty for this. Um, you know, come take my banner. That's cool. Uh, whoever – and I couldn't tell you who the top five players in the class are, but I would go find a booster and I would say, instead of giving us $4 million for a practice facility – I want $800,000 for each of these kids. And if they come take the flag down, they'll come take the flag down. And I truly mean, like, I don't even say that ironically anymore. I said it as a joke kind of when this, first, when this whole thing started, but I absolutely believe everybody in the country should cheat as long as Will Wade gets to, to keep being on sidelines places. Because he's, he's different than even the other one. Like, he's legitimately on tape saying it. At least Bill Self yeah. and Sean Miller aren't on tape saying it. Right. Uh, and Will Wade's like never, I don't think he's ever really denied it. I think he's just been like, oh, I can't remember exactly what I said. But like, it's, yeah, it's 100% out there. And that player's still playing for them. I don't think he ever even sat out a game, Javante Smart. Maybe like one or two when this thing first started, but he is still playing at LSU. And he's one of their better players. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, Jake B says uh, Auburn since 2000 had 11 four stars, no five stars before Bruce Pearl. Since Bruce Pearl, two five stars and eleven four stars. Um, look, I I mean I don't know. There were Auburn's name definitely came up. Bruce Pearl has been in trouble with the NCAA before. Like I'm not going to accuse a. Co- I I don't know. Does Bruce Pearl cheat? I have no idea. I I mean most of them do in some in some form. So if you want to say Bruce Pearl cheats, it probably wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing in the world. But I can't. Seems say like anything. a safe bet. Right. I mean I'm not I'm not going to. I'm not going to accuse him of making strong ass offers. The only person I will accuse of that is Will Wade because he said it. Um, yeah. You know, so I look, things go on all over. It, it is what it is at this point. Um, but the SEC, so Alabama, I mean, I think we all had Alabama winning this league and looking amazing doing Especially it. Especially after, after they lost to Western Kentucky. Right. After their solid five and three non conference, we all saw five and oh and wins at Tennessee and at Kentucky by 20. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they look legit, although uh, I watched that game last night, and, and uh, they, they've got some injury concerns now. Uh, yeah. Javon Quinerly's been out for a little while, and then they lost a couple starters, including Herb Herbert Lewis, Jones, who's been Jones, the yeah. – uh, John, he's been the best player in the SEC so far this year. He's uh, kind of a, a Ben Simmons-type guy where he's – tall but can shoot or sorry tall but can play the point but i was gonna say he can actually shoot better than ben simmons he's not quite as skilled as ben simmons but uh yeah so he, he's been really good but he uh, i haven't heard what what the status on him is but if he's out for an extended period that would hurt alabama but they look really good and they're fun to watch too they just pretty much jack up threes i mean at one point last yeah. night i think like 21 of their first 31 points came on made threes so they're fun to watch they are a fun team to watch they get up and down uh John Petty's been in school for 19 years, still still oh, shooting very well. Um, the other undefeated team in the SEC, uh, everybody knows, is South Carolina. They are uh, 1-0 and <laughs> in league play. That's right. They That's may right. finish the up. season 1-0 and in league play. Yeah, they've got some. They've got some catching they up. They may never they play. Five, I think they've only they played five or six games. Uh, let Something. me look up That's the standings right, right. again. It's not. They were three and two last I looked. They are now. Yes, they are three and two including 1-0 and in the league. I did not realize they played a league game. 
Um, it would they, be incredible if like, they beat Texas A&M. What if like what if like we get to March and they finish the season like three and one and are the number one seed in the league? <laughs> uh, right, because there is a minimum number of games you have to play to make the NCAA tournament, but not the SEC yeah. tournament, right? Not that I know of. I mean, unless there's some rule. What? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, what do you think they would do if you get to the end of the season and South Carolina's five and one? Is that better than fourteen and four? Uh, by win percentage, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What, I mean, what? I assume like. Like we're we are going to have a scenario where not everyone plays the same number of games unless there's right. some sort of plan in place that a I miracle. don't know about and has right. been communicated to anyone. Um, so like I assume win percentage is what you you know use there. Um, so yeah, I guess I mean like I, I would assume the SEC would you know do everything in their power to make sure that South Carolina plays more than six games, but like maybe that's not possible. I, I don't mean, know. It, it worked for Ohio State. They got into yeah, the top true. four. Why? Why can't South Carolina be the one seed at, at five and one in the SEC? But the the league game they did beat was uh, was Texas A and M seventy eight fifty four. So again, that kind of reinforces the point. You better win in College Station. Like I don't care how long the layoff is. If Missouri doesn't win this game, I, like I'm not. I don't know. I I shouldn't have started that sentence because I don't really know what the end of it is. But you don't feel very good about things. For sure. Fun fact about Texas A&M, I looked up the other day. They've scored exactly 54 points in three of their past four games. So that's So like, it should be know, a beautiful offensive game to yeah, wake they can't, everybody they're up. They're not, not much of an offensive team. They also are last in the nation among like high major to semi-high major teams in turnover, right? Like Missouri should be able to win that game. But I just – I do think like – you know, you have to wonder, like you can't go in extremely confident. You have to wonder what, you know, sitting around for 10 days after that second half against Mississippi state does to this team. Like, are they, you know, able to move past it or is that something that could fester? I don't know. And and we'll ask Hanzo tomorrow, but like, we're assuming Missouri's going to be at full strength. We don't know that for sure, but we're assuming everybody's available. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Like, yeah, nothing more to add. We'll find out tomorrow. Uh, Adam's asking, do you think conference tournaments will happen? I I think so. I mean, I don't know that they're any more like it, they're probably easier to pull off than the regular season games have been to pull off. Right. Cause everybody's in the same place. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It seems like the plan is for them to happen. So I don't, I haven't seen anything <laughs> well, to, right. to indicate. Everything otherwise. is going to happen until like Missouri Vandy was going to happen. The The music yeah. city bowl was going to happen, you know? Yeah. I would assume it would. I mean, that's, you know, that's a big part of determining who's in the NCAA tournament. And they could always pivot to regular right. season champs if worse came to worse, but I think they would rather not to. Plus conference tournaments make, make conferences money. So. Right. And you're also like, you might have teams that need that number of games. Like, I don't know, isn't it like 13? You got to play 13 games to make the tournament. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Davin says that Mizzou should have hammered Mississippi state. So I'll be surprised if they beat A&M in College Station. But, like, Mississippi State is better than Texas A&M. Mississippi State is oh, not a sure. terrible team. No, not at They're all. Fine. Not at all. And they've, yeah, they've got some guys who can score. Um, that's, Texas that's, a ring, a that's a ringing endorsement. Sports. They're fine. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, I don't know. They're an SEC team. Everyone in the, like, nine teams in the SEC are all the same. They're, they're flawed but can beat 
you know anyone else in the league on the right night lose to anyone on the right okay. night like fine is the way i would describe most of the league like apparently alabama right. is better than fine i still think I tennessee so. is yeah. better than fine same other teams are capable of being better than fine lsu doesn't count i don't want to talk about them they don't get to participate <laughs> in any sec basketball discussion uh and vandy and texas a&m appear to be bad um, yeah less and, I, I, well, auburn is terrible apparently so although they did just get Sharif they're Cooper beating georgia by like 20 and sharif cooper appears to be a good player georgia also oh, not well. good oh i know auburn started like oh and four but also we shouldn't talk about them either because they're not <laughs> not relevant this year they're not okay. playing in the postseason uh, right that, that's true they, they they've already uh banned themselves in the season that they had no chance to make it anyway so uh, that's basketball um I looked at the top 25 uh, for, I think, like the first time this year. Um, I didn't realize Michigan was so good. They're undefeated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I watched some of their game last night. They're, they look really good. Did you know, did you know Clemson's good at basketball? I found that out today. I, I, yeah, I knew they were ranked <laughs> fairly highly. I knew at one point they were, I think, top 10 in the net maybe when it started. Yeah, I could be wrong on that. They're 12th they were in the polls. Uh, Creighton is sixth in the, like, when did all this happen? I didn't know any Clayton of this. was good last. Clayton was good last year. Yeah, they were. They were. I I haven't watched any of their. I, I watched like the last two minutes of their game against Kansas a while back. They lost. That's all I know about Creighton. Okay. Um. Yeah, Minnesota's good. That surprised me a little bit. Um. Eh, other than that, everything was pretty normal. But yeah, I just had UCLA's good again too. I didn't know that. Yeah, McCronin, good coach. McCronin. I knew somebody that I knew was coaching UCLA, but yeah, I guess uh I don't know, maybe now that Missouri's playing again, I'll start paying a little more attention to college basketball. Um, just Yeah, it's it is tough. I mean, like, you know, a lot of times I'll uh, I'll check check the ESPN app, see what games are happening that night and there'll be like the list lo- list is almost as long of postponed games as it is of games that are happening. So Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, the, they'll play games. Uh, Missouri plays at noon on Saturday. So a, an easy way to transition to, uh, football is Stuart West saying that next year, Ohio state will just play non-conference games in September and rest up for three months to prepare for the national championship. I mean, you might as well don't play any more games that, that like this year proved don't schedule good games. Uh, like right. you don't have to, all you have to do to qualify for the, massacre at the hands of Alabama is to just have people think you're good when the season starts. And, and that's right. good, I was, good enough. Yeah. I was going to say, you can, you say don't play good games. Well, that's if you, if people think you're good going in, if right. you're ranked in the top 10 in the preseason poll, don't play anyone good. If you're other, elsewhere, you probably don't have a shot to get in anyway. So it doesn't matter. They should just base it on like, they should take these way too early top 25s and that's the preseason ranking. So they're like, all right, now we're going to put our schedule together. They already think yeah. we're number 12 in the country. So call up the coaches at like Eastern Illinois and Kansas and a couple other really bad schools. And, uh, and we'll just play them. Um, so it would be, it'd be like a, you know, cause every, a lot of leagues, I think almost every league by now makes you play another power five opponent. Like the number of T it would be like a war to try to get to play Kansas every year. Like Kansas would yes. probably have to start charging. Be- it'd be a bye game <laughs> because Illinois actually has won some games. Now Rutgers has won some games. Like that was, that was the new Bermuda triangle, but now it's just like Kansas on all three ends of the Bermuda triangle. <laughs> the less miles triangle the, the try the great triangle on the call yeah um, yeah so 
I mean, the Ohio State-Alabama thing, I, I mean, I guess it's no big surprise. Alabama had the guy that won best quarterback, the guy that won best receiver and best player, the guy that won best running back, probably the best offensive line. I mean, why didn't Nick Saban have Kyle Pitts? How did how'd he let that <laughs> one get away? Yeah, and, and also, I mean, like, not that I think it would have made a huge difference, but Ohio State was, you know, somewhat shorthanded, missing uh, Trey Sermon for most of the game, a couple defensive starters. I mean, yeah, it was, I don't know, just looked like kind of a talent mismatch. I had somewhat higher hopes for the game, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. it, I, I had pretty it, much lost interest in the early third quarter. Yeah, so I, I turned it, I watched it into the early fourth, but, like, I, I mean, this season really, this season for Alabama is probably the most impressive season and I'm not gonna call them the best team in college football history but it's the most impressive season I mean they won they they beat every team that finished 500 or better in the SEC they played no crappy games uh mm -hmm. well I mean they probably played a couple crappy games but they were against teams you know in the SEC and then they beat Ohio State and Notre Dame like that's a real good year yeah I was impressed yeah I mean LSU last year I think beat like seven teams ranked in the top 10 at the time, but they also had like, you know, three or four games against some, uh, you know, not very great right. non-conference opponents. So yeah, I, I think it's, they played the Citadel wild. twice. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So uh, one of the directional Louisiana schools, I right. don't know, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild. Two years in a row now where you can make a legitimate case like this might've been one of the, you know, most impressive seasons ever. So who knows what, what we'll see next year. Yeah. And, um, you know, Stuart says, I thought we were improving from the BCS. It doesn't seem so much. Well, I think it's just because like the top, the best team has been so far above everybody. I mean, in the last 12 years, Alabama has won six national titles and everybody else together has won six national titles. This is more an Alabama problem. It's not quite UConn women's basketball, but it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, you know, when when you have one team that's better and then two or you know two or three teams that are better also than than everyone else, like it, you know, it it, it you, you can put you know more teams to, in this case two more teams than the BCS in the playoff, but they're not necessarily good games. And I think it's actually people, you know, you see a lot of people say like, well, if you know one or two teams are so much better than everyone else. Why do we need to expand the playoff? I actually think because at least that way you have some postseason games that are entertaining. I mean, people like care. All, right. All three playoff games every year for the past few years have been blowouts. I mean, like not every single one, but that seems to be the, uh, the general rule. So at least like the, uh, you know, four or five game could be good. Right. The three, six game might, might show up at some point. Steve says the new Bermuda triangle is KU Nebraska and Illinois. It's, as much as I want to put Nebraska in it, they're not quite, I, I mean, cause the original Bermuda triangle was KU K state and Missouri when I was growing up and probably about when your dad was in school, it was it, Nebraska isn't there yet. I mean, it, we can all root for him to get there. Uh, they, they're trying, but, uh, but I don't think they've quite made it yet. Um, all right. Adam wants to know how would a Mizzou all-star team compare to this year's Bama or last year's LSU team? And I mean, you could put together a team, a, a team throughout Mizzou history where you've got an NFL player at every position. Mm -hmm. and, and even, I don't think all 22 Alabama starters are going to be NFL players. Are they? I, they actually, I don't, they actually I don't, might. I, 
Maybe not like the safeties. I heard I kept hearing people say they weren't all that good, right. so I don't know. <laughs> but I bet I bet they make a roster. Yeah, probably. They I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'd be you. You could do. Yeah, you could probably make a Mizzou team that competes, but you'd have to. You'd have some just wildly clashing eras. I mean, you'd oh, have yeah. you know some players from like the '50s and the '60s playing alongside the guys from like you know 2007 and 2013. So it would be interesting. But I mean, if I if I can put out like five five receivers of like. Kellen Winslow, Chase Kaufman, Jeremy Macklin, Denario Alexander, and Mel Gray. Like that team can, that team can play. Sure, that can sure. compete. Yeah. It, I mean, Devonte Smith might still be better than all of them, but he probably wouldn't have 430 yards or whatever he was going to have on Monday night. So, um, yeah. other football things, they need a defensive coordinator, and that is the extent of what we know about that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, we know Eli Drink, or we believe Eli Drinkwitz was at the spa at one point last week. According to our message board, yeah. That's what someone posted on our message board. So uh, it seems as though, you know, there's no huge rush. It's not uh, incredibly urgent. Um, good for him for enjoying his offseason. I mean, I would think a couple weeks. Like, I, I mean, LSU still doesn't have a defensive coordinator, and they've been without right. one for like three weeks. Steve Sarkeesian doesn't have one at Texas. There's. It, it, the people we deal with are the, obviously the diehard fans who do care about this and do get impatient. And I'm not saying the defensive coordinator doesn't matter. It does, but you don't have to get it filled on January 13th. Like there's time mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. It's, I think people with, because we had a coaching search so recently, like some people kind of expected this to go like that, where it's like, you know, it, priority number one for everyone and, you know, breaking news all the time. It's very different when it's a, a coordinator search and especially, you know, when, when, you're in a pandemic and actually can't ever talk to anyone face to face. Right. And nobody knows you. And, and it, like, from what I understand, because I have tried to ask some people, I mean, I think there's pretty much one person who has any idea who Missouri is looking at for defensive coordinator. And that's Eli Drinkwitz. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure Jim Stirk knows who he's looking at <laughs> to be quite, which is fine. I mean, I mean, that's not an insult to Jim Stirk, uh, you know, but this is a, it is not – they're not going to be a bunch of leaks. And it, now there may come a time it, whenever he starts interviews, you know, where from that side of things it kind of leaks out, hey, this guy interviewed at Missouri and, and we start to see some reports. That's that's a possibility. Um, but there's just not a lot of day-to-day – like we're not really probably going to be updating the hot board because it would just be kind of made up. Like it, I don't know. I guess I could change some things from the first one, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be based on anything. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, unless, uh, unless we get back out to the, uh, to the airport sometime soon. But meanwhile, NFL teams just are tweeting out who they interview every day. So, you know, mm-hmm. be all right to cover the NFL. I think that, that it seems easier than covering. College. Yeah. Well, yes, for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was something else football-wise I felt like we should talk about. Um, the All the early enrollees move in this weekend, and, like, the team is going to be back, I guess. It, I mean, we don't know of anybody else that is has decided to transfer, and I feel like with all the people that have access to the transfer portal, portal now, it's pretty hard to transfer and not have anybody know. Yeah, there's like, you know, Twitter accounts, particularly the Rivals one, mm-hmm. Company Plug, that are uh, dedicated to just, you know, monitoring the transfer portal and tweeting that out. So I think we would know. So we expect at this point pretty much everybody back. And I, I don't know, I would imagine they'll get a week or two to like uh, acclimate to 
class. However, they're doing that this year and then uh, probably start offseason workouts and, and all that. And it will really be the first time Eli Drinkwitz has kind of been in a normal situation with his football team. Yeah, barring uh, another crazy thing happening, they're they're we're expecting you know yeah full uh, normal spring practices, spring game, all that kind of stuff, and uh, yeah, I mean like I you know I think I think we we've talked about before how like it's very possible given what this team's losing that next year could be a little bit of a lateral step, but I also do think like you don't want to totally just underrate the fact that that he didn't have that opportunity last year they basically didn't have spring practices and people work on for so long and like you know i was thinking about it at one point like you know connor basilak has basically had zero amount of time in a college offseason program because last year he, he had a torn acl and then everything you know went haywire so um like it definitely is uh it will not hurt that's for yeah. sure yeah and we are we're gonna try to get uh try to talk to Drinkwood sometime in the next week. We'd, we'd love to have him on this show and, and we're going to give it a shot uh, that he, he does. I, I am a little bit, this might surprise you guys. He probably has other things going on and I'm not sure a live YouTube show will be quite at the top of his list, but if it works out, we'd love to have him here. If not, we'll try to record something with him uh, by next Wednesday. And, and we're hoping to be able to do that. So uh, and, and I feel like we'll be a little more back in the swing of things um, and maybe, hey, there will have been a game or two happened and, you know, we can actually uh, return to a little bit more conversation about Mizzou sports. Uh, again, the 573 report brought to you by 573 Tees. Check them out on the Internet. You're already on the Internet, so just open a new window or a new tab even. And go to 573tees.com and check out all of the things that they have to offer. Um, get yourself, you know, some Mizzou stuff, some Eli Drinkwood. They've got a lot of Eli Drinkwood stuff, some Columbia stuff. They've got some Chief stuff, uh, but you might want to save your money on that for another three or four weeks till they probably are going to have to make some new shirts, you know, um, for the Cleveland Browns Super Bowl championship, obviously. So, um yeah, go check them out. Uh, do all that while you're here. Hit like, hit subscribe. And uh, basically at this point, I mean, we've talked about everything we can talk about. So we're going to roll through any questions and comments from you guys uh, that we need to catch up with. And if you've got questions or comments, please uh, feel free to uh, to put them in there. It, we generally go like an hour, hour 15 on this show. Honestly, with absolutely nothing happening, it's probably going to be a little bit shorter than that. But um uh, we'll see if you guys have have things to talk about. I don't know. I don't really have anything to do. I'm not in a rush to watch Texas A&M and Mississippi State play basketball tonight. So, um, let's see. Stewart says that James Wilder and Tony Galbraith would be on the all-time Mizzou team and could have played for anybody. I I remember James Wilder as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I do not. So much. I was two when he was at Missouri. Yeah. I I never watched a second of either of those players. Right. So. You probably you probably are more familiar with James Wilder Jr., uh, who's yeah. actually – like, he was a big recruit. I don't think he actually maybe became a big player, but a few years ago. Um, I do not understand why Saban recruits so well. He is old and boring. Why is he so good? Um, well, because he just, like, goes into the living rooms and hold up holds up both his hands, and he has rings on, like, almost every finger. Um, yeah, 
I mean, Alabama has, like you said, has won six national championships in the past five or past 12 years. It's that's a pretty good right. bet that you're going to win one. Yeah. And, and I saw something. Every player who has played three seasons for him at Alabama has won at least one. I mean, every yep. single one. So it was like at one point, Tom is every guy who had stayed four years under Tom Izzo had played in the final four. Um, I don't know if that's true anymore, um, but yeah. I don't it, think it is. Yeah. Saban, he can just say, come here for, come stay for three years and you're going to have at least one of these. Um, yep. So I was having this discussion with uh, somebody earlier today. Is Alabama the best, best program in college football history, do you think? I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be a college football historian, but they seem like the pick to me. I, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess I, Notre Dame yeah. maybe is in the discussion when you're talking about all time, but it's been such. I mean, like it's hard for me to say because, like, really in my lifetime, like Notre Dame's been relevant, but they've never they've never really felt like they could win a national championship. Right. So, so Alabama, if it's not Alabama, it's at least in the top two or three, and this is. So this is one of the best programs in the history of sport operating at the height of its power. I mean, this is like mm -hmm. John Wooden UCLA basketball. Right. So that's yeah, no, that's that's a good comparison. And, and it, look, Nick Saban is obviously a good recruiter. I mean, he doesn't get to this point if he's not a good recruiter. But I, I don't really know how much he has to recruit anymore. He just goes mm -hmm. to the top 25 players in the country and says, hey, do you want to come play here? And if they, if any of them say no, he's like, well, that's cool. I'll just go to like 26 through 40 and, and I'll get a lot right. of those guys. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, it's, it's not yeah. super hard, but the interesting thing is, is, and there's no way to ever answer this question, but how much of it's Saban and how much of it's Bama, because Bama mm -hmm. wasn't, wasn't really all that good before he got there. They had Mike Shula and then they had Mike price for like 12 hours was the coach and some other things happened mm -hmm. and, and they weren't great, but also like Nick Saban's first four years at Michigan state were 25 and 22. I mean, right. Right. Barry Odom just got fired with about that record at Missouri. You know, like if mm -hmm. Nick Saban started his coaching career four years ago and was 25 and 22 at Michigan state, does he ever become Nick Saban? He might get fired before that. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't know. I, I assume am not Michigan comparing State Barry Odom in to bad shape, Saban, but, uh, by the way. Yeah, that's that's probably a good uh, disclaimer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, to, to, you know, to your point, to talking about you know, kind of how much of it is Saban and how much is Alabama. The one thing I will say, like the thing that that is you know incredible and and no one else, I mean else has even come close is is the consistency despite losing so much of your staff yes. every year. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean. Like we saw LSU lose staff and a bunch of players from last year and go from How's 15 and 0 to a train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> Alabama loses will lose similar talent this year. I bet they will be back in the playoff discussion because this is just what happens every every year. So uh, and that's something Saban's done that you know these elite um, programs, Fair. you know, coaches at other programs have not done at the same level. So. That's yeah. uh, certainly a feather in his cap and, for this, this for the legacy discussion. Yeah, I mean, some of those schools have had, you know, have had down years. In in Alabama, I mean, the down year is like ten and two. I I think Alabama right. and Ohio State have really been the the two that even the down year they're in the discussion for the playoff. You know, so yeah. Um, Bradley wants to know any news on the last few spots for twenty twenty one. Will it be all transfers? I don't know if it'll be all transfers, but I think it'll be mostly transfers. I mean, they got 
yeah, like, probably five spots left. Uh, you could maybe see a high school guy somewhere, but I think almost everybody at this point is all transfers. I agree. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and and I took the under on I think it was like uh, two and, two and, and a half, half tra- two and a half transfers, and I regret that. I I think yeah. I I would change my mind from then. I think they will take yeah maybe one or two high school kids, um, and then you know two or three uh transfers in it as well but maybe more than that i don't know it's also hard to know we don't know exactly how many spots they have left in this class because we don't know what year everyone's counted towards but um yeah i i think i think it will be if not all transfers uh, mostly and and some of those spots might not be filled you know before like early signing or sorry late signing day and start of spring practices you, you know it's probably smart to hold one or two and see who's transferring after spring practices and who's transferring at the start of the fall for sure because i would think i mean anybody that is already in the transfer portal, obviously plans to be here for spring football. Now, that brings up an interesting point, right? Because class starts Monday at Mizzou. And now I know mm-hmm. you don't have to be on campus Monday, but I would think these kids want to make decisions pretty soon. I don't think you want to get to like February 10th and you haven't decided where you're going. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, most places start school earlier than Mizzou after Christmas break. I know that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would agree. And, and you know, it's it's hard because, yeah, you don't know how much of it is, you know, the players in the transfer portal <clears throat> waiting to make a decision versus waiting to hear like, OK, yes, we'll definitely take you from the schools they want to go to. Because, you know, as we're saying that, I mean, these schools have to hold some spots and see who's available. It's a kind of a, I'm sure it's a, a challenging balancing act. Yeah, but that's a good point. I mean, there is going to be another round of transfers in May. (laughs) Another round of kids are going to say, hey, either, you know, something happened with my coach or I'm not playing here or I'm just tired of this place, whatever. So there's going to be a second round. It won't be as busy as this, but there will be a second round in May, and there – coaches absolutely are going to have to hold a spot or two because there are going to be coaches that are saying, hey – we can find a guy who's the difference between five and seven and six and six, or, you know, a, a, a group of six bowl and a new year's six bowl or making the playoff and not making the playoff. I mean, you've got to have a, you're not doing your job if you don't hold a couple spots back for the summer at this point. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I think it's fun. I, I mean, I kind of like the the transfer portal and I know coaches hate it, but I've said a lot like they make a lot of money, so I don't really care if they hate it. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know if it will be fun if it happens this way every year, but it's kind of fun this uh-huh. year. I agree. I think I mean, like, I think I do think it'll slow down eventually. Um, just, you know, we've talked about this before as well, but just because I think at a certain point kids will realize like, okay, just transfer entering the transfer portal. Doesn't mean I'm guaranteed a spot somewhere. In fact, it probably means I'm going to play FCS or D two ball. Um, you know, unless you're someone who, you know, there there's exceptions like the Tennessee five-star lineman who just entered the portal today can probably name his destination, but that's the exception, not the rule. So, um, I think it will slow down a little bit in future years, but I, I, um, yeah, I mean like, I don't know. It's kind of fun. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, interesting to uh you know adds a new new wrinkle for us to to not have you know just check off the spots uh among the high school classes and and have to uh you know monitor saving spots and all that so uh yeah yeah it's free agency uh stewart wants to know if juco's are playing spring football I, i i don't think there's like a uniform rule necessarily i think it depends on where you're 
you know, California has a lot of JUCOs. Mississippi has a lot. Kansas has a lot. Illinois has some. I think it varies depending on yeah. where you're at. But, you know, junior, a lot of junior college players obviously are going to enroll in uh, next week. Like, Realist George right. and, and Daniel Robledo both are skipping their seasons. And basically, well, they would have retained a year of eligibility anyway. But, you know. Right, they, they, right. But, they, I mean, if you're good enough to if you're good enough to have offers before this – you know, Juco season, there's no reason to play it and, you know, get to college later and potentially get hurt. So, yeah, it would only be the guys who unless, don't have those offers. Unless you can be on last chance you season seven. Or <laughs> then, obviously, you want to do that. Um, I don't know, man. Anything else, like, cool to talk about? I, um, saw, I saw basically everybody on Georgia's roster is coming back, so I think they're going to be good next year. Yeah, they should. Um, you know, we'll see. JT Daniels looked pretty good against Missouri, so it <laughs> seems like he he will help them. Zamir uh, um, White's yeah, coming back, um, right? I saw that. So no, I don't have too much more. Should have some some basketball recruiting notes in the chamber on Friday morning. Uh, not gonna get too too deep into that uh, tonight. It's mostly we, Mizzou is connected to one transfer today for the you know I guess you would call it 2021 class, a former five star recruit out of Texas Tech. But frankly. I think the chances are slim. Not that I don't know anything about the kid. I haven't talked to anyone, but again, former five star list of teams contacting him is extremely long. Um, and you know, it's not like probably Missouri's going to say, yeah, we're in a position where we can go to the final four next year. So there'd be some strong ass offers out there for that kid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then, but mostly we'll, t- we'll have some 2022 class updates Friday morning. So tune into that. There you go. That's what we call the tease. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll look forward to that. Eventually there are sports happening again, uh, at, in Columbia. Um, so we'll talk about them next week's show. Hopefully a little better. Like, you know, I learned a long time ago. It's not your best effort every night. Sometimes you just show <laughs> up and, and, and you go home and you say, we'll, we'll do it again next week. So, uh, check out five, seven, three T's hit the subscribe button and, uh, the like button and all that. And, We'll try it again next week. Thanks.